Have you checked out the new Brian Nichols Show collection over at Proud Libertarian? Head to briannicholsshow.com forward slash shop and you can grab some amazing Liberty swag that will definitely help pique some interest from our good ideas don't require force snapbacks, Alexa overthrow the government t-shirts, question everything mugs, and of course our ever popular don't hurt people, don't take people stuff bumper sticker. The Brian Nichols Show shop over at Proud Libertarian has all the Liberty swag you need. And hey, if you're looking for more awesome Liberty apparel check out the rest of the amazing proud libertarian store while you're over there and be sure to use code tbns at checkout to get 10 off your entire order that's right 10 off your entire order from proud libertarian including everything over at the brian nichols show shop and all you have to use is code tbns at checkout one more time head to brian forward slash shop and check out the brand new brian nichols show store over at proud libertarian and use code tbns at checkout for 10 off your entire order. Victor Antonio, welcome to the program. Selling is all about, really, it's, we're not selling a product, you're not selling a service, you're not selling value, you're not selling whatever you think you're selling, a solution. You're selling change. Welcome to The Brian Nichols Show, your source for common sense politics on the We Are Libertarians Network. As a sales and marketing executive in the greater telecommunications cybersecurity industry, Brian works with C-level executives to help them future-proof their company's infrastructure for an uncertain future. And in each episode, Brian takes that experience and applies it to the liberty movement. And this is why we talk about being the trusted advisor. You should be able to help use that expert guidance and all the opinions that I'm sure that you have and help lead them towards not just a decision, but the right decision. Instead of focusing on simply winning arguments or being right, we're teaching the basic fundamentals of sales and their application in the world of politics, showing you how to ask better questions, tell better stories, and ultimately change people's minds. And now, your host, Brian Nichols. Well, happy Monday there, folks. Brian Nichols here on The Brian Nichols Show. Oh, yeah, we're back, and we are ready to rock and roll. I I told you, folks, you had to strap in because as soon as we got back here on The Brian Nichols Show, we were going to hit the ground running. I'm settled. I'm in Indiana, and today we have an awesome returning guest, Caleb Franz. He's a member of our We Are Libertarians Network, and he's joining us once again on today's episode. Caleb Franz, welcome back to The Brian Nichols Show. Hey, Brian, it's it's great to be here. Uh, I am very excited to be back on and I am very excited to talk about the subject that we have today. That's right. The subject being season two of your awesome, awesome program profiles in Liberty, part of the We Are Libertarians Network. And what better way to officially kick off now here we're we're airing this on the 31st. So it's technically the last day of January, but. We're going to kick off February, I dare say, with the ground running. Now, I everybody knows I've been moving out to Indiana. I just left Philadelphia. So the past two weeks, we've had, I think, two shows per week because that the scheduling, the actual ability to record. I literally just got my microphone and my computer for uh, for recording out of the boxes to record now. So, uh, yeah, we, we've been a little sporadic in our scheduling. But to start off this wild week of getting our, our really, our, our feet back on the ground and hitting the ground running, we have you in the program, Caleb, because... We mentioned Profiles in Liberty. Now, folks, uh, longtime listeners of The Brian Nichols Show, they, they've had you, or they heard you on the show, rather, where we talked about um, not only before you joined uh, the We Are Libertarians Network, all the work you did over the Maliberty and the Maliberty Initiative, but specifically now you're going through and you're discussing the actual history of noted figures in the greater liberty movement, going back to some of the, the best thinkers you can think of through all the, the different history books and texts that we've read and all of those books that we hold near and dear to our hearts. And you're telling the true story where history and, and history is told 
by the victors and sometimes those who just end up writing the books. So actually telling the true stories behind who these individuals were, give context to uh, their, their, their lives, their values, their principles, and more importantly, make it relevant to today, which I think is sometimes the hardest part. So with that being said, Caleb, thank you, my friend, for returning to the program. Let's uh, kind of kick things off. Profiles in Liberty Season 2. For the longtime listener, they know what they got with Season 1, but what can they expect in Season 2, my friend? Yeah, so uh, for, for I guess for those uh, who may just be tuning in, uh, Profiles in Liberty is a program that I, I decided to put together, and it is uh, something where each season we kind of delve into a theme uh, that all the individuals that I focus on uh, is, is going to be centered around. In the first season, we did the signers of the Declaration of Independence that debuted uh, right around the time of 4th of July. We kicked things off last season with uh, Thomas Jefferson, and we went through individuals like John Adams and Benjamin Franklin, uh, and a few lesser-known individuals uh, of that time as well, like uh, Benjamin Rush or uh, Richard Henry Lee or George uh, Wythe, which was one of my favorite episodes on uh, his mentorship of Thomas Jefferson. Uh, this season is, I feel like, a very natural uh, progression uh, and follow-up to that first season. This season is going to be on what I am dubbing the equalizers. Uh, and these are the individuals who, you know, throughout uh, either the American Revolution, uh, there's one individual that goes even uh, back into the 1600s that we highlight, up until right around the time of, of the Civil War and uh, the 13th Amendment. Um, these are the individuals who fulfilled the promise that was made uh, in the Declaration of Independence and in 1776. So in the first season, we, we touched on those individuals who made that promise. And in this season, we're going to kind of elaborate on those who some of some of these individuals, I think you probably have heard of, uh, may, maybe not know their story quite as well, but you've definitely heard of them. But the vast majority of these individuals, uh, I think, have been lost to history. Uh, and I think it's been uh, it's been well overdue that, that we finally uh, highlight their stories. Well, and let's go back to the, the government schooling system. When we go through and we're learning history, we pretty much go from Revolutionary War and immediate aftermath. So you talk about the Articles of Confederation. You talk about the, sure. um, the, yeah. the, the Constitution. You, you go through all that. And then you pretty much just fast forward to the Civil War. And, and people really don't talk about that 50 years in between that much. I mean, obviously, we have quite a few happenings that happen. You, know, you have the Spanish-American War. You have the, the War of 1812. Um, you have the, the, the complete expansion westwards. Um, and we, we don't really discuss, though, those individuals who were those movers and shakers. So what was shocking to you, Caleb, as you're going through and you're telling these stories, some of the stories that you maybe even didn't hear the first time that you were like, wow, where, where was this? in high school when I was going through the, the texts, why wasn't this discussed? Well, honestly, Brian, that is the question that I, I continually ask myself and, and kind of, um, kind of ask my, my listeners to, to some degree uh, throughout the duration of this season, you know, uh, the, the, the claim or, or the common theme or the common idea is that the founding fathers were just a bunch of, um, a bunch of white men, privileged white men who, who kind of put together the Constitution and the Declaration of Independence to fit their uh, their wants and their desires and their needs at the expense of, of oppressing another race or another group of people. And that is 
just not true. That's just not the case. Uh, and I think you'll see in a lot of the uh, stories of a lot of these individuals that I highlight in this season that this was never the case. This they it was always we always had a very uh, rich and robust and diverse history that from the conception of America, from the outset of uh, of Thomas Jefferson writing, uh, we hold these truths to be self-evident. These truths were that all men are created equal, and that extended to literally all people. We were endowed with, with certain rights uh, by nature of our humanity. And that didn't just mean a bunch of old white men. And that's something that uh, from really from, from the beginning, uh, it was started to be, it started to be applied in, in real time and in practical measures, as we'll see in, in some of these stories that we highlight here. And then the follow-up question is, well, why? Why, why, why have we not been told these stories? Um, and, I, and that's kind of the question that I, I kind of go back and forth on even to this day. Like, what is the true reason why they, they just don't want to highlight these individuals? Because these are some really rich and robust individuals. And the biggest thing that I can really think of is that if you highlight a lot of these individuals, it just showcases that liberalism and, and the American sense of, of the term, or excuse me, the, the original sense of the term, not necessarily the modern American sense of the term, um, but liberalism, true liberal values of, of freedom and tolerance, um, that has always encompassed all people. It's, it, it wasn't meant to just encompass a, a certain sect of individuals. It was always meant to encompass uh, all people, regardless of their uh, race, regardless of their sex. And once you realize that, that's very hard to combat these ideas uh, as, as much as, as you can, if you can pair it with something as, as evil as slavery or, or pairing it with something as evil as, as racism or sexism or something like that. Yeah, and in, in our sales conversations, folks, what's the expression we say? Once you see it, you can't unsee it. They're afraid. Yeah. And I say there, I, I would dare say, Kind of like this, <laughs> what, established historical mentality of we don't want these certain voices being heard, being seen. Because once you do have those individuals who those ideas take off, it's a lot harder to put that genie back in the bottle. And I guess that then asks or raises the question that one has to ask, Caleb, as you're going through and you're, you're maybe relearning or in many cases discovering a lot of these stories did you, do you find yourself maybe sometimes questioning the, uh, the the opinions and the actual history that's been written by a lot of these historical experts based on what you're finding hasn't been reported? Well, I mean, <laughs> I, I think that uh, that the especially in the field of, of higher academia, there are a lot of people. Um, a lot of people, there are good people doing good work, but there are also a lot of people there that are not necessarily acting in good faith. Uh, and that they kind of take for granted their credentials that they have earned over the past uh, over the past several decades, uh, and just allow themselves, much like what we're seeing today with uh, in in uh, the realm in the medical realm and the science realm with uh, Fauci and, and and COVID and everything that's happening, their their credentialism is uh, is is trumping any sort of sense of like, well, can you just explain why this is true? Can you just can you just tell us like? Like we're, we're intelligent individuals. We might not know necessarily every single in and out, but 
but people generally can can understand uh, the the basic facts of the matter if you can if you can just break it down and explain it to them um, and, and don't treat them like they're like they're idiots uh, and and I think that a lot of people um, in that sort of higher academia world um, like I said there's a lot of good people I, I've met a lot of good people in that world but there's also a lot of people who uh, they they have a certain worldview that they'd like to advance or that they um, that they just kind of look down on certain people with certain opinions uh, and they want to make sure that those people with those opinions feel as, as, as bad or as wrong and, or as, as looked down on a, in, from society as much as they uh, can possibly muster. Yeah. Yeah. You see it more often than not. And um, the unfortunate reality, Caleb, it's not, it's not only isolated to one specific area in, in life. You know, it's not just history. It's, it's science. Like you mentioned, it's med- medical mm-hmm. conversations, healthcare. Um, mm-hmm. We're seeing across the board right now. And, and this maybe is a good thing. Um, I actually saw a question that was raised on uh, Twitter the other day. And it was, was the advent of the internet the ultimate downfall for society? And I actually think it's the opposite. I think the advent of the internet may be the most influential means to help get individual liberty advanced because all of a sudden it made you the individual super powerful. Like Mm -hmm. you didn't have to rely on some major corporation for your livelihood. You could become an entrepreneur overnight by doing something online. You were able to find people outside of your physical geographic community to align yourself with who Otherwise, it would have been extremely difficult to even do in the past. I mean, what? Think about libertarians, right? The, the fact that libertarians, who are sometimes the most isolated, individualist-minded people out there, are able to now – I mean, we've been growing in numbers, whether we, we like to internally in our party nonsense agree or, or disagree or not. Sure. We, we've seen more and more people not necessarily identifying as libertarian but uh, are starting to agree and embrace libertarian sentiments – And that's entirely because we've been able to have these conversations outside of the traditional echo chambers that we were confined to before the technology advanced to the point we could have these conversations like we're having right now, like we have in the Facebook groups, in the Facebook chats, on Twitter. Name your your medium or, or platform of choice. This didn't exist before. And I think that maybe speaks to when you're looking at the, the history that's been written by the experts, when you look at the medical advice that's been you know, passed down by the experts, the public policy that's passed down by the experts, there is an instant disdain to the fact that there is an entire group of people who are now, I dare say, Caleb, in the majority who they're just going to do their own thing because they have an entire network of other people who are in the same situation and are deferring away from just the you know thumbs up blind approval of experts that we've labeled as experts throughout you know pretty much our entirety of of you know our society. So it's exciting but also I think it is scary because your average person who's not ready to to make that step, they still want to defer to an expert and they will look at solutions that we're bringing to the table with a little bit of skepticism. We see this in the medical conversations and I'm sure you're seeing this in the historical conversations. So let me ask you, Caleb, you go through, you're telling these stories and, and let's kind of look back to season one as we're looking forward to season two. Was there anything that you brought forth in terms of the episodes that you got some, I don't want to say negative feedback, but some, maybe some 
pushback in terms of people who said, well, this isn't what I read in my textbook when I was in high school, Caleb. And, and do you see any of that maybe on the horizon as you look towards season two? Uh, I, I I must say I have not received any major major pushback yet. Um, so far, it's been uh, words of encouragement and words of wow, this is you know this is this is really well researched and and really well put together. Uh, that's not to say that that would never happen, of course, because we live in a in a world where just one tweet can uh, can get somebody dragged or you know. Uh, one Facebook post can can start just a meltdown on the internet. Um, so I, I'm not uh, I'm very aware that 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 is a real possibility, especially with some of the subjects in in this season in particular uh, that uh, that I touch on because I really I, I found myself not just challenging the conventional wisdom of of what we've been taught, but I I've also found myself challenging myself and and what I thought I believed. Uh, some pretty basic pretty fundamental questions like what does it even mean to be a founding father i mean that sounds pretty obvious to to you or i but when you really get down to it is that like the people that signed the declaration of independence or the people that signed the constitution or both and under that definition then yes they they would be a bunch of like white uh <laughs> rich white guys that uh put together these founding documents but that's a really bad definition I, I quickly discovered because you have people like Thomas Paine, who was, by all accounts, you know, a lot of us would, would largely credit him as being a major founding father who uh, had a major influence on, on the trajectory of the American Revolution by his writings of common sense and the American crisis and things like that. He never signed either of those documents or someone like Paul Revere. Uh, who was very instrumental in, on the eve of the American Revolution to make sure that uh, Samuel Adams and, and John Hancock made it out uh, safe without British capture. Again, he never signed it, either of those documents. So it's, it's clearly not just putting pen to paper on these things. So what is it then? Uh, and then I discovered, well, it's, it's, it's not something as simple as like a one-time act like that. It's about have they contributed to the idea of America whenever America was at its conception of, of this idea that America was was founded on principles of, of liberty and, and tolerance uh, and reason. Uh, and that's what makes someone a founder. And that can extend uh, to to people that aren't white. So that can extend to people that aren't men. Um, and in in one case that I highlight here, uh, there's one individual that I highlight here. Oh, sure, her name is uh, Mom Bet, uh, and she was a slave in Massachusetts who was able to actually kind of I, I kind of argue that she kind of kicked off the abolition movement uh, officially uh, because she was able to overturn slavery uh, in Massachusetts, uh, the first uh, the first state to to have it completely outright abolished. Um, from no no gradual emancipation or anything like that, just overnight. Uh, and that's an amazing story that it might be told kind of regionally up in, in New England, but like by and large part, she was a founder of this country because of, of her contribution to the idea of America at a very particular point in our history. And we should be celebrating those kind of people. So why aren't we? 
Caleb, when you're going through and you're you're doing all these you know, all the, all these episodes and the the blood, sweat, tears, time, energy, effort that goes in to prepping, researching, and actually articulating your your episode into a, a thoughtful, coherent uh, product that the audience can take away. What are some of the main things that you're hoping people really do take away from those episodes? Anything in particular that stands out to you? Well, I mean, there's there's some uh, some some obvious things, you know, some some things about how you know America was always. I I put it in the intro of of this season. I, I changed up the the introduction. Um, I try to fit it to to the purpose of each each season. Um, and one of the lines that I use in that is, you know, was was America founded on oppression or has our story always been diverse? And I, I want to kind of challenge that notion a, a little bit and really try to, to get people to see that America, the idea of America has is not one that's that's founded on um, on intolerance or, or oppression. Of course, there were those dark periods and there there were those ugly episodes in American history. Those were not those were not because America was founded on, you know, we hold these truths to be self-evident. That was because we got away from from that original intent, uh, not because we were upholding that. Uh, and I, I kind of want to to show people that and, and demonstrate to it that that's always been the case. But there's also some other things that I didn't necessarily expect uh, to to sort of walk away with a certain appreciation or a certain understanding uh, that I walked into. There's one individual, uh, he's going to be on the second episode of, of Profiles in Liberty here in just a few weeks. His name is William Still, and he is regarded as the father of the Underground Railroad. Now, the, <laughs> the, uh, the, the trick there, or the catch there, is that there was no true father. He, he, he got that name because he... Uh, collected the stories of, of all of these individuals who passed through his station because he uh, made a vow at a very young age to never to never let these uh, runaway slaves, these fugitive slaves, um, never let their story uh, go by. And then he, he published a book uh, a few years after slavery ended, it was abolished, um, telling their stories. And that gave him sort of the name of being the father of the Underground Railroad. But he didn't necessarily found it. Uh, there was no founder. It was an autonomous movement, and it was arguably the most successful uh, the movement of civil disobedience in American history. Um, and that's a really powerful statement. Something that big, that successful, doesn't have a leader. It doesn't have an official. Uh, it, it doesn't have any anyone who 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 took the bull by the horn, so to speak, and and and. Uh, set the trail and blaze the trail. It was something that that was spontaneous. It was something that just happened because that's the that's the matter of the fact of human nature is that people crave to be free, and that there are other people who want to help people get that freedom. Uh, and that's a really I, I think that's a really uh, powerful story. And I also think it's a story that can teach us a lot uh, uh, today about like the the style of movements and the type of movements that we're creating, especially in in the liberty movement, um, it's 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 good to to look back at people, and it's good to look at uh, it's good to have those certain heroes to be able to to highlight. But also knowing that we don't need necessarily a strong man to to show us the way whenever uh, whenever we have something as powerful as an idea like liberty. 
Constructo Law, Dr. Adrian Bajan, when he's on the program. And I have over on the Proud Libertarian shop, it's it's swag that says uh, freedom is nature. Freedom is science because, to your point, Caleb, not only do people gravitate naturally towards freedom, nature gravitates naturally towards freedom. That is the way everything, in any way, goes towards the area of least resistance, i.e. the area that yields the most autonomy, the most liberty, the most Freedom, that F word we talked about. And Dr. Adrian Bazan said a lot of professors are afraid to talk about that F word, Caleb, the uh, the F word being freedom. Yes. And really quick, I think one of the things now we're going to tie this up with a nice sales ribbon here, because what have we been talking about today? Stories. Stories sell. Our mutual friend, Matt Kibbe, that was uh, one of the first things he was on the program we talked about was the value of telling stories and just how important it is to make sure you continuously tell stories because that's how we have communicated as a species throughout our entirety. And that's how we've been able to be as successful and flourish like we have, because without being able to tell stories of success, things to be aware of things that, you know, what, what do we tell kids when we're, they're growing up, right? All those little, those little stories, you know, you talk about Hansel and Gretel, the three little pigs, those all have values. They have principles and morals that are taught in the stories. So it does make you raise a couple of questions saying, well, why aren't we telling some stories and we're telling other stories? Shouldn't we be telling all stories, especially because they all happen? We, we, we are supposed to, I thought, embrace the lived experiences and tell those stories of lived experiences why are we only telling certain lived experiences? Why aren't we trying to t- uh, paint the entire picture? And uh, Caleb, I think that's one of the things that your show really does do is it helps bring a lot of stories that weren't being told to the uh, the actual narrative and helping people see the things that they weren't seeing before. So for that, thank you, my friend. And obviously we want people to go ahead and subscribe to the awesome program that is Profiles in Liberty, but also go ahead and continue the conversation with you. So Caleb Franz, we're going to head and go do that. Yeah, so, uh, I mean, you can get Profiles in Liberty wherever you get your podcasts from. We are on uh, all podcasting platforms, uh, much like much like your show, Brian, here on the We Are Libertarians Network. It's, uh, it's a great time. It's a great experience, and I'm very happy that uh, I have finally joined uh, joined the network and, and be able to tell these stories to, uh, to this audience here. Uh, I am on Twitter, at Caleb Brand, so you can follow me there, um, and... Profiles in Liberty is going to be debuting its second season on February 3rd. That's on a Thursday. Uh, We have eight episodes. So for the next eight weeks, uh, we're going to be diving into a whole slew of people. I think there's probably there's probably about three people that um, that a lot of a lot of the audience will have at least heard of or be familiar with the rest of them are are pretty fresh uh at least for a lot of people who may be somewhat new to to a lot of uh, a lot of these stories um and that's that's an exciting prospect because you know these are there are people that have their stories uh deserve to be told um and i am i am very excited to be able to tell them we're, we're kicking things off next week or this week i should say as uh, as the episode is is aired um on february 3rd with uh, frederick douglas and uh, it's just going to to get a, a whole lot more fun from there. So, I'm so glad you you caught yourself. I'll say it's not a Thursday; it's this Thursday. So, folks, yeah. make sure you hit that subscribe <laughs> button over on your podcast catcher. 
Profiles in Liberty, part of the Greater We Are Libertarians Network. Caleb, we are so happy um, to have you on the network. I know last year was an absolutely blazing success for the inaugural season of Profiles in Liberty. I can't wait for season two. And I know uh, everybody out there is excited to uh, hear what stories you're going to be out there telling that I'm sure, I'm I'm certain, I was trying to say sure and certain (laughs) at the same time. I am certain and sure that we have uh, likely never heard of. So with that being said, Caleb Franz, Profiles in Liberty. Thank you for joining us on today's episode of The Brian Nichols Show. Thank you, Brian. Thanks for listening to The Brian Nichols Show. Find more episodes at briannicholsshow.com. If you enjoyed today's episode, don't forget to subscribe. Want to help us reach more people? Give the show a five-star review and tell your friends to subscribe too. Find us at briannicholsshow.com and download the show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Follow me on social media at bnicholsliberty and consider donating to the show at briannicholsshow.com forward slash support. The Brian Nichols Show is supported by viewers like you. Thank you to our patrons, Daryl Schmitz, Laura Stanley, Michael Lima, Mitchell Mankiewicz, Cody Johns, Craig DaCosta, and the We Are Libertarians Network. Audio production for The Brian Nichols Show is brought to you by DB Podcast Audio. Learn more by emailing inquiries to william at dbpodaudio.com.